Okay, so we <coughs> may have a Q&A every day. Let's see how it goes. And, and the time may stay at this period before tea, or it may change. <coughs> and they're optional. So, you know, check in with yourself each day around this time, what, what would feel helpful. Sometimes uh, you have a question to ask. Sometimes it's just in, in the listening. Someone else's question or an interaction can be really helpful. And sometimes it's you may just want more... Uh, innerness or 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 silence. <coughs> um, they're being recorded. People have said they're quite helpful uh, to, as recordings to listen to. But if you if you would rather that your question was not recorded, let me know and I'll, I'll press pause so it won't be it won't be uh, recorded. So that's that's up to you. So it's it's really a chance to ask um, j- just anything you want. Uh, about about the nuts and bolts of practice, or about um, a, a larger understanding, something that's going on uh, in the whole um, uh, span of what we're calling soul making practice. So all all those practices um, that are involved or potentially involved. Okay. Anybody, please. Just in case it doesn't come out on the recording, if that's if that's okay. <coughs> Correct me if I don't uh, catch your question correctly. Okay, so Anna's asking. Um, we've been talking about, especially today, and, and other re- retreats that some of you have been on um, or heard recordings. We've been emphasising the energy body and that kind of awareness and opening that up and that kind of consciousness. And Anna's asking, what about? Is there the possibility of different? Areas or organs within the body having their own sort of consciousness. Is that good enough? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, there is. So <clears throat> one of the things I, I want to stress is that, um, pretty much I can, I guess that this is true. Any concept we, uh, put out there and, and, and that we, we engage in is a, so energy body being a concept is a stretchable concept. It's, but it's an infinite concept. There's no, there's no end to how it can diversify and how it can gain dimensionality and open up and gain different aspects, yeah? So we might start with a fairly narrow and simple sense or idea of what the energy body is. As we get into it more and practice more, and as it becomes insold, that means it it becomes enchanted for us. This sense of the body, this sensitivity of the body, becomes ensouled and and gets wo- woven into the soul making dynamic, and then starts complexifying, becoming more complex, becoming more deep, becoming more multi aspected. And exactly one of the things that could happen is what you're talking about. So it could be that one feels. Um, Yes, a certain organ in the body has its own kind of intelligence, its own kind of sensitivity and receptivity, its own kind of ways of knowing. Yeah. Um, so you you might uh, have it 
have experienced uh, this kind of thing or other kinds of things. What what I want to say, and I'll maybe touch on it just briefly tonight, is is again the the concept in this case of the energy body and the experience of the energy body is is a growable one. Yeah. So um, that that's something that can very much come alive. And again, if it feels helpful in the moment, if it feels beautiful, if it feels um, opening, etc., you're on to the right track. <coughs> so, something is happening, and it's right, and it's good, and it's soul-making. And I can tell by the beauty, by the sense of sacredness, by the sensitivity, by the harmonization, all that. Yeah, so the the possibilities are endless, actually. Yeah, so uh, when we talk about energy, I'll repeat this tonight. I'll say it now anyway. When we talk about energy body, it's uh, it's a kind of vague, open concept. So I say, okay, this this field, and I'm I'm paying attention to the feeling in this field, but it's also an idea. So we have we have. Always an idea of the body. My body is um, a set of uh, organic carbon-based molecules set in combination in a way that they work synergistically together. That's a sort of scientific materialist model of the body. My body is a field of light with its own kind of intelligence. My body is this. My body is uh, diversified into all these um, kind of individual intelligences. They're all concepts of the body and senses of the body and images of the body. So all that is wrapped up in in the possibilities of what energy body can be. Does does it make sense? Yeah. Any more with that? Or? Um, yeah. Um, I'm, you then get really into the details of the body And I, I, I guess I've, I've got a curiosity with that with, with, the, with, the, with the nature of, of, of awareness and the vija and, and how that locks into, you know, things becoming resistant and how that creates experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how when you kind of give some space to it, you get that, that kind of like opening out and, and, and sort of healing mm-hmm. effect. Yes. Okay, but it's a really good insight, so let's just repeat it, everyone, if that's okay. Um, Anna's saying that it's interesting, paying paying attention to the experience of body as a human being and the range of experiences involved there. And what what, uh, we notice, as Anna points out, is when there's resistance, in Dharma language, resistance is a form of clinging. Yeah, it's, I don't want or I contract around, or I want, or, or something like that. There's the contraction of clinging, and that's wrapped up in the fabrication of experience. That clinging, that aversion, that resistance, that grasping, whatever it is that I don't like, I wish it was better, it's not good enough, whatever it is, all that's just um, uh, varieties of clinging, and that will shape the experience that I have of anything in that moment of body, of self, of other, of world, all of it. So <coughs> clinging is involved in, as you say, the fabrication of our experience, the fabrication of our perception. When I 
in the moments that I relax clinging, as you said, just create a bit of space around it, I ease something with it, I bring a bit of love in, love as the opposite of clinging, a bit of softness. All these ways um, of relaxing clinging in the moment, it's like the experience that then we're in relationship with, whether it's an experience of my body, my health, my um, my self, my whatever it is, um, it, it becomes less solidified, less rigidified as an experience, less um, painful, actually. Okay? And, and it, in that relaxing of, of clinging, uh, we, we say in technical language, it's fabricated less. The, the experience is fabricated less, becomes more liquid and more amenable then to imaginal perception, to seeing it this way or that way. There are more possibilities. Clinging contracts the possibilities. This thing, it's real, it is what it is, and I'm stuck with it. Yeah. Versus what happens when there's, uh, and there's so many different ways of clinging, and there's so many different ways of relaxing clinging. There's a whole art. And when I do that, things become more fluid, more, more liquid, and more open to possibility, to magic in the perception. Does it make sense? So that that's a really important insight. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Good. <clears throat> yes. Uh, uh, also about the energy body. Yeah. So um I suppose my question is uh I I suppose I've got two different energetic things going on um, that I think are probably probably both people call them energy body mm-hmm. but they feel quite different mm. from each other so um, uh, the strongest sense that I have is uh, is around the head mm-hmm. um, and it also goes down my back a little mm. bit sort of down to my waist um, and that uh, that field when I'm when I'm practicing regularly, mm. um, it's there quite a lot of the time. Um, when I'm not practicing as well, I can feel it now, um, and it's pleasant. And if I tune into it, it sort of goes out more as well, and <coughs> goes more down my back a bit. Um, and then the other field of energy that I feel is, um, it's a bit like, uh, you know, if, if, I, if, I, if I experience my toes, I can, I can uh, experience my toes as a, like a sort of visual picture, mm-hmm. and I can sort of see my, you know, ima- my imagination, I suppose, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. see my toes yep. um and sort of connect that with my body, as it were. Or I can feel the felt sense, what I think is the felt sense, which is almost like going into the inside of my toes. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I can't really find toes as mm-hmm. such. Mm-hmm. I can just sort of find this kind of toeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond, so that's another sort of sense of it, an energy, I suppose. There's an energeticness around that. Um, and then there's a sense that. Uh, <coughs> So if I feel into that now, it doesn't stop there. The energy doesn't stop at the sense of toneness. Mm-hmm. It's as though it slightly keeps going underneath me a bit, <coughs> not not 
not very far, but a little bit. But it's very, it's a very different feeling to this strong and, you know, sort of quite strong energetic feeling that I have around my head and my back. And I just wonder, why? Are there, you know, what is one not the energy body and one is? Or, you know, why are they, there's two fields going on that are quite different. <coughs> And one feels strong than the other, and I kind of feel like what I should be doing, as it were, is to strengthen the one around my head and bring mm. that more around my body. Oh, oh, okay. okay, good. Yeah. And bless you, I forgot your name. Sorry. Rowan. Rowan, that's right, yes. yes. Um, so, Rowan is uh, reporting two um, seemingly distinct experiences and wondering what their relationship to each other is, whether one's the energy body or they're both energy body, and what to do with each of them. One is a sort of experience that's um, over and all around the head and then down the spine, and it's quite pleasant. Yeah. And the other is actually a different experiences of the toes and around the toes. Some some of those experiences... No, every, everywhere in the body. Oh, everywhere in the body, okay. Yeah, I, well, I can sort of tune into it. I can feel it in my hands. I was just using my toes as an uh, example. Okay, because, okay. Yeah. yeah it's okay, so, so an experience of body parts, um, where sometimes the form of the body parts is, is retained in, in the imagination, yeah. and sometimes that kind of dissolves into just a vague sense there. Yeah. But the, and sometimes it extends beyond the body, beyond the confines of the physical, the outlines of the physical body, but it's not as pleasant or as intense as the first it's experience? Kind of neutral. It, it's kind of neutral. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's it's not, it's it's much less strong. Yeah. The, the thing around my head mm-hmm. yeah. is very strong. Okay, yeah. So, um, I, I would say it's all energy body. Okay. Energy body, I, I sort of, if I could press rewind, I, I might have chosen a different word. <laughs> but Because it's really a kind of... Uh, it, it's it's such a huge scope, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, what we're talking about with energy body is a whole range of experiences that we can have of this space, yeah. And that might mean it retains the, the the contours of my physical body. It might mean a very subtle experience. It might mean a really intense experience energetically. It might be very pleasant. It might be. <coughs> um, very ethereal or very dense, like dense as stone, you know. Um, all of that is energy body. It's just, it's the, the range of what's available. So what we're interested in, 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 in the broad reach of, let's say, soul-making practice, what we're interested in is opening it all up for investigation, just opening it all up for experience, just expanding the range of experience and familiarity and, and what we're comfortable with and what can kind of get in soul. If you had a different question, um, for instance, I'm interested in energy body, but right now I'm interested in that kind of direction of energy body that's about developing the samadhi, developing that well-being and moving into jhana and and all that stuff, which I know that you've explored a little bit. Um, Then I would say, uh, okay, of these two experiences, I would lean more into the exploration of the first, the head, because it's more pleasant and more vivid. And your job then, if, if you're in, in, in your gear of, right now I'm just into developing this well-being in the energy body. I'm not so much in the emotions, I'm not so much in the 
image of the body as as soul uh, manifestation. I'm going for the jhana thing, the, the yumminess and the nourishment there. Then <clears throat> what you want to do without grasping at it is to is to to let what's pleasant um, be where your attention goes. Yeah. And in time and with a little kind of gentle gentle kind of um tending, let's say, um, that kind of pleasantness will begin taking over the whole body. It will spread, as I think it already is a little bit. And you can encourage that with the awareness in different ways, and we can talk about it if you want. But um, that you would focus on that one just because it's more pleasant um, if you wanted to go and really develop the sort of samadhi side of things with the energy body, samadhi direction of the energy body. Um, but it's actually... All of that whole range is is energy body. So, it, in terms of the actual image that's involved, it can be yeah, it keeps the contours. It um, uh, th- there are countless images that we can have in any moment of the body. Some of them will be imaginal, and some would just be like I shut my eyes and I see kind of see my body sitting here, and it's not imaginal. Um, sometimes it dissolves in light, and you say there's no image. Sometimes there's just space there. All of that is energy body. It's all in the range of the playground. Does that? Yeah. Okay. Good. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. <coughs> Is that Sandy? Merge or emerge? Um, Both. Emerge. Emerge, yeah. Okay, so for, just see if I get this right, Sandy. So, um, Sandy's asking, <coughs> uh, so far her experience of the energy body is very much related to dhyana or jhana, Sanskrit Pali, uh, absorption, meditative absorption that the Buddha's talked about. And, um, and we talked a little bit with Rowan uh, about that that kind of... I see it really as a spectrum or a trajectory. You know, just this moving into more and more well-being. This field here, this space here, becomes more and more uh, a field of well-being in those moments that we're going into samadhi. And there's a range of experiences we can have here. And the Buddha kind of demarcated eight jhanas. Um, but there's actually... There's a there's a really wide range if you, if you look closer. But... Um, but so one, and then, and then the question is, and how does that all relate to the soul, the soul making, and the soul kind of uh, enchantment of the experience of the body? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I, I suppose I just didn't hear, but I kind of had some idea. Yeah. Myself, yeah, but it's a, it's an important question. So that that's great. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's take the jhana piece first. So jhana means absorption or dhyana, as Sandy was using the Sanskrit. So absorption or something like that. Um, uh, the, 
the Buddha talks about eight jhanas, and the first four are called rupa jhanas, and rupa means body. So one way of understanding what the Buddha's getting at there is in in this kind of um, <coughs> what one one way of seeing it is he's he's really interested in can you make this space here a field of nourishment, a field of a field of deep yumminess, not all the time, but have access to that in your life, and you can basically train that. You train it so that there there's nice, deep, yummy nourishment in the body. It doesn't mean I never experience anything difficult. It certainly doesn't mean that I'm not in touch with my emotions. I'll come back to that. But at times, I, one has the capacity to dip into like different wells of well-being and bathe in them and be uh, completely saturated and fed by them. So the first four rupa jhanas are, you could say, one way of conceiving of them is they're, they're different experiences of this space. So in the first jhana, the body has become, instead of the usual, I'm, I'm sitting here and I feel my sensations and I have the usual image of my body, the body, the experience of the body has become piti, has become rapture, has become the kind of uh, pleasure of uh, that's associated with that. That is the, the experience of the body, suffused and saturated, as the Buddha says, it's become a field of, of that kind of physical pleasure. Yeah? In the second jhana, you could say the body has become happiness. If you stop someone on the street, you say, what, what does it mean for your body to become happiness? You know, they, will, they will think of some kind of chocolate or, or something. <laughs> um, but, but we can actually experience like the texture of the body, this space, becomes joy. And, and one's drinking that joy, drinking of one's body. Third jhana, that the dominant texture of the rupa, of the of the energy body, is uh, peacefulness, like a really exquisite peacefulness. And in the fourth, stillness. In the fifth jhana, this this space here just becomes space. It's the kind of the bliss of empty space, really, really refined, etc. So one way of understanding the connection between samadhi and uh, energy body is is basically we can use the energy body awareness to cultivate well-being and that well-being has a certain continuum or spectrum to it and we can de- the jhanas kind of demarcate certain places on that spectrum that makes sense <clears throat> there are many reasons i think to 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 um to incorporate uh energy body awareness. Another is emotional awareness and emotional sensitivity and emotional care for ourselves. That the emotions play out in, in the body and we can develop a real kind of sensitivity to the nuance of our emotional life and, and also ways of caring for them. All here. It's all here. Um, so that's a really, really good skill to take care of oneself. And that's, I would say that's part of soul-making practice. So you've got kind of two directions here. Uh, they overlap, actually, because joy is certainly an emotion. So the joy of the samadhi is, is an emotion. But what about heartache? What about sadness? What about longing? What about anger? Uh, what about um, brokenness of heart? You know, um, these are, we, we really want to develop that that the art of, of being with, noticing, caring, uh, with all of that, including the really um, uh, kind of unremarkable sets of emotions, just a little bit, you know, I want to be sensitive to how that feels also. Then you've got a reason to be with the energy body that has just to do with navigating practice. So, for example, 
emptiness practices or different practices, um, <clears throat> as I mentioned with Anna, when you're on the right track in any practice, whether it's an emptiness practice or a meta practice, um, the energy body tells you, here I am doing metta, may you, may you be well, may you be happy, may you be peaceful. And I'm, I'm sensitive to the energy body, and I notice this time around, when I say may you be peaceful, I feel that peace here. And, and okay, let me slow down with that word peaceful, and say it again, ride that wave, catch that current in my sail, let it feel the energy body, resonate with it. So the energy body sensitivity is working to... Um, uh, help, help me sail in different practices. You understand? Help, does it make sense? So there's all that, all those different, and, and then when it comes to soul making, then we've got, um, also a navigational sense that when, when an image is potentially soul making for us, the energy body is one of the things that tells us there will be an alignment, a harmonization, or, or something. I'm giving you more than you asked for in the question, but I think it's important. So, um, it's part of the navigation. Then we get a whole other level, which I don't think I've really talked about so much, um, if I remember. And it's what we mentioned with uh, Anna. It's When we say energy body, uh, what we've mostly been emphasizing so far is the aspect of the felt sense. What does this space feel like? But there is also at any time an image of the body. And that image can be not imaginal. It's sort of like I said, I just shut my eyes and I can kind of see the configuration of my body right now. Um, but sometimes what happens with the image of body is it becomes imaginal, becomes a soul-making image. And that, the, there's, as I said with Anna, there's an endless possibility there. This morning, um, I can't remember what point, it was maybe after Catherine did her instructions, and I was just sitting with you guys, we were sitting together, and I had this, actually I had the sense of your beauty, all of you, and, and the beauty of souls here, and it felt a, a sort of a vague image arose. In other words, it wasn't, wasn't, it was more of a sense of a, a sort of, um, uh, a rose bush, kind of woven around a trellis and uh, kind of reaching up with lots of budding roses on it. And uh, my body became that rosebush. And it was also you guys. And uh, all that rosebush became my body. At that point, I've got a choice. I can kind of go into the image of that or I can kind of... That image itself, just the, the initial arising of that image, had a certain perfume and opened the energy body a certain way. So I can kind of lean more into the image with some energy body awareness, or I can kind of take the perfume and the way that's opened up the energy body and just lean into that as a, as a more energetic sense. Does it, you understand? Or I can kind of walk that middle line between and have the best of both worlds, sort of thing. It's not that there's a better or worse, there's just different ways you can sail. Um, but there's a sense of the body had become flowering roses, uh, beautiful pink flowering roses, and, and it, was, it was really gorgeous. So there was an image of body and an energetic body sense, felt sense. Yeah. So there's felt sense, there's image of body, and that can become imaginal soul-making, and then there's also the concept of the body. What is a body? What is matter? 
we we turn we get go to high school and you get taught matter is this and it's made of atoms and it's it functions like this and it doesn't mean a damn thing and it's random and and that's just the typical scientific materialist view and then there's all kinds of other views matter is love matter is uh it embodies itself forms itself as angels here this right now this body so we have possible concepts of of matter and of body in any moment, and they may be more or less soul-making. This makes sense? So when soul-making is happening, actually there's there's all those three going on. I don't need to engineer it so much. It's more like, this is something to note. <coughs> there's usually a subtle concept there's, that's, that's nourishing and supporting and stimulating the soul-making. There's usually some image that's involved of the body, uh, and there's and there's the felt sense, and and as those the, particularly the image and the concept start opening up more and supporting the soul making, um, then that's that's how that part of the question uh, works. Does that make sense? So that's just in very general terms, and of course the the art is in all the detail and as well. Is that enough for now, or is that? Um, yeah, we, we've been talking about this. So, um, what is soul making? Um, let's say, f- for the most part, yeah, soul making will involve, when there's soul making, when there's soulfulness, it will involve image. That image will usually be the dominant thing when there's soul making, it's the primary thing. But sometimes it can be the secondary thing. So, for example, um, you might be in love with the Buddha's path, and and you you love practicing, and you love the sangha, and all of that. You never heard anything about imaginal practice or soul making. But I would say for you that that can still be soul making. Your love of practice, your your love of um, Buddha Dharma, and and that sense of tradition. And there's kind of we don't often realize it because we don't really have the language in this culture, um, both Buddhist culture and, and wider culture. I would say that when you love something like that and you're engaged and you're devoted um, in that way to practice, that there's, whether I realize it or not, there's a subtle fantasy operating, a subtle image of the whole thing, of the tradition, of the Buddha, of the lineage, of the teachings, of the Sangha, of yourself on the path and the beauty of that and the uh, even the struggle of that, it, it functions as a kind of background cloud of, of fantasy in the best possible sense that, that, that feeds inspiration and uh, it make sense. <coughs> So most of the time when we're talking about it, um, soul making will involve um, will involve something that's really image and it's got our attention and we're conscious of it as image. There's also a, a, a dimension of soul making that happens functions as this um, sort of background uh, ba- uh, ba- background cloud of fantasy, if you like. And, and we could stretch the term in, in other ways too, but um, so for example, when, when the consciousness, when the soul just opens to something that it doesn't, uh, that, that, that it's, it's discovering more. So for example, you mentioned the jhanas, when, when you're um, when you're going through that process for the first time, and, and it's like wow, and then and then the second one, and and there's a real kind of discovery, and that 
opening into new realms um, has with it a sense of beauty and meaningfulness, etc. It doesn't actually have, in the primary sense, it's not image, it's the quieting of image. It's the opposite. The imagery goes quiet in the jhanas, usually. Um, but it can still be soul-making because of the opening. The ideas are opening, the sense of things, the sense of existence, the sense of oneself, the sense of consciousness. And that opening and discovery and beauty and meaningfulness, that's all in the package of soul-making. But but primarily there's no image at that point, because it's, it's the quieting of images in, in the jhanas. Does that make sense? That's how a bit quiet. <coughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.